Hey there, Aurora with Supercharged Science, homeschool science curriculum for K-12. And today we are going to be talking about how to do easy, simple, without rolling your eyes, boring, frustrated, or hard science fair projects that you can do right at home. And it's easy to do, simple, and if you like this and you want more, you want to go to my website, www.superchargedscience.com slash easy, like wow, that was so easy. Um, because then I have step-by-step, -step, I have eight step-by-step -step science fair projects that you can pick and choose from. And no kidding, kids go through these, they follow the instructions, they do the directions, they turn them in, and they win science fairs. So I have eight of them that you can choose from, use them as a model, a template, or as the one that you're turning in, super easy. So you can go get that from superchargedscience.com slash easy. Okay, so science fair projects. So when a teacher usually announces a science fair project, like we're doing a science fair project this year, you have like two parents that are excited and the rest of them are rolling their eyes and have a look, a mixture of frustration to boredom to panic on their face. And if you watch the kids, some of the kids are excited like, oh, that sounds good. But most of them are like, uh, oh, do I have to? <laughs> so Here's an easy way to handle that and turn it around so it's fun, enjoyable, and you learn something and have a great time doing it. Most people, when they think of science fair projects, unfortunately, they think they have to do something that would make Einstein just gape with awe, like, oh my gosh, you don't have to make a new addition to this International Space Station. You don't even have to discover a new species of octopus. That's what a lot of people are focused on. It has to be new. Um, it has to be something that is just glitzy and glamorous, but that nothing could be further from the truth. The real secret behind the ones that actually win the national competitions is that they are yours. So it has to be something that you can't look up. You can't do the life cycle of a fruit fly. Um, you can't do what's the sun made out of. All that stuff you can look up. It has to be something unique that you had to design an experiment for and get the result back. So what does that mean? That means you could do things like, what kind of grass uh, do you need to mow the least? Um, does eating a lot of high sugar foods allow you to sleep more during the night? How many balloons can lift a kid into the air, right? So things that you would actually have to test. Um, does chewing bubble gum during a test um, make kids score higher? So things that allow you to design an experiment for. So again, you don't have to make anything gla gla uh, glamorous and glitzy. It just has to be real and it has to be real science. And that's what they're looking for. Remember, science isn't about what you know. It's about how you handle all that stuff that you don't know. So that's what you want to focus on. And so there's a couple of really simple steps. There's seven steps for the scientific method. Um, most of you are already familiar with that. So I'll just breeze through it real quick. But when you do your experiments, when you're deciding, oh, what I should do it on, um, usually parents will ask, well, what are you interested in? And the kids are like, I don't know. And parents are like, well, there's got to be something you're interested in. And the kids are like, I don't know, maybe like rockets. And the parents are like, you're not building that in my house. <laughs> so <laughs> you need to find something that's real, that's useful. That's every day because that's where a lot of the science fair winners actually are coming from. Um, okay. So a science report that doesn't have any real testing isn't going to win a science fair. So you actually have to design something that you can test and you're gonna um, test things one at a time. So how do you do that? Um, you use the scientific method and the scientific method traditionally is you wanna start first, but you have to ask a question or maybe you have an idea. You know, we can use the, um, the one about does uh, chewing, or, or no, here, let's do a music one. So suppose you are wondering if listening to music will allow kids to um, complete their homework faster, right? So you have a homework, um, you have like a set of homework, you have uh, 
music and so that's a great question you can't look that up right okay so the next thing is you want to do some background research has anybody ever done this before and that's when you can start to look in books and journals you can go to the library you can do google searches don't just do google searches that is not a complete um, background research um, and so that sort of thing so that's step number two step number three is you want to um, construct a hypothesis that means you want to take a guess um, you want to uh, kind of this is where you start to plan your experiment so you can think yeah actually and I think the type of music that would be best for finishing my homework is something with a faster beat um, suppose that's a hypothesis so that would be your hypothesis so number four is you want to test it and this is where it's fun this is where it's exciting right so you got a homework assignment you're gonna crank up the music and you're gonna be listening to it and time yourself you know maybe you've got five math homework uh, five math problems you're gonna work through them and time yourself and then you can change the music and you've got five more and you okay so you see how this goes Okay, and so that's actually step number four. You're going to test and experiment. Now, you're going to try all kinds of music. You're going to try music that you would normally go to sleep to. <laughs> you're going to try, like, and you can also try things like classical music, and you can try jazz. You can try all different kinds of different artists within each genre. So you can have a lot of fun with this, you see? Okay, and then after you test and experiment, you only want to change one thing at a time. If you're changing the number of problems and the kind of music, it's going to be hard to figure out which one's which. So you want to um, keep your, uh, keep. Uh, you're only going to change one variable at a time. And initially, you want to try it with no music, so you have a control. Um, so you have something that you can measure it against. So for example, if I am, suppose I've, I've got, um, I'm doing acids and bases and uh, in chemistry, and I've got a cup of, blue liquid um, that will change depending on if I put um, vinegar or something that's acidic or something that's basic like baking soda, I'm going to leave one of those cups with nothing in it. So I have something to compare it to. Does that make sense? Okay, great. So that was number four. Number five, you're going to gather, collect, record your data, and then you're going to take a look at your results. So you've been doing your homework for a couple of weeks now. You've been changing the music. Every time you just write it down on a piece of paper, it's not a big deal. You just have a sheet of paper you've just been writing down and how long it took you and what the date was. Um, and so now you're going to take a look at that. And, you know, honestly, I would also write a few more things down, including what time of day you were doing your experiment on, whether you ate uh, before, during, or after, um, because these things can affect it, but you may not initially think so. What the weather was like outside. People usually are happier when the sun is shining and they get more done they're more productive so you want to take a look at each one of those um, at your data and see if you've if you've got a trend and number six um, you want to take a look back at your hypothesis back at your initial guess does faster beat music actually make you do your homework faster is it true or is it not and this is actually unfortunately where a lot of people start cheating um, in fact when I was teaching at the university I would um, give an experiment where there was no conclusion so results were inconclusive you couldn't tell and so on purpose because I didn't want to like trick the students but I wanted to find out who would actually say you know what my results were inconclusive I can't tell from this experiment I would recommend doing experiment this follow-up experiment to really figure it out um, about half of the kids would get an F because they they would fudge their data they would fudge the results and that's not science that's cheating and so you want to make sure really you want to really make sure that even if your results don't match what you thought maybe it's like 315 balloons lifted like a 10 year old off the ground um, but you really hoped it'd be 195 because you know that's just a better number for you um, you, you don't want to do that you don't want to cheat your, your results because you're cheating yourself and all that work just went down the toilet and so a real scientist even if the results were nil, um, they have to come back and say, you know what, I couldn't tell from this experiment. 
In fact, the most famous experiment, the most famous failed experiment, actually the guys won a Nobel Prize for. The Michelson-Morley experiment, you can learn more about it. It's how they were just um, trying to, uh, well, I'll tell you about that in a minute. But um, so anyway, you never know. A failed experiment is not necessarily failed. You've learned something as long as you are honest about how you're doing it. Okay, number seven, reach a conclusion. What does it say? Usually this is one or two sentences and it's really super simple. And I also usually recommend putting a recommendation in there for people that are looking through your work and if they like it and they want to take it a step further, based on your experience, what would you recommend for them next? Like what's the next step? Um, so you could say, um, uh, based on my experiment, um, I learned, I discovered that I, I can conclude, I conclude that, um, music with a, you know, with this beat and this, uh, number of beats per minute gives me the, uh, the, the fastest results that you can, the, for my homework or something like that. I'm just making this up. I don't really know. <laughs> so you kind of see the pattern. So we had, uh, first you want to ask your question, then you want to do your background research, then you want to um, take a guess make your hypothesis, design your experiment, test it, gather all the information, look it over, what trends do you see, is there anything that you learned, and then write a conclusion that's super simple, just one or two sentences, what you found, what you, or what you didn't find, like what's the result, and then any further recommendations for um, and, uh, testing. Um, and so another tip and trick to doing that, okay, so you did it, phew, <laughs> you finished your science fair project, yay, right? But there's a couple of other additional tips I would recommend. So number one is you want to repeat your good results. So suppose you had two test runs in there that you finished in record time, the music was cranked, the volume was up, um, See if you can do it again. Do it again at, th at least three, four, five times, and if you get the same result, same result, same result, that's probably your conclusion. Now, if you want to be an absolute stellar student and take it one step further, you're going to give your experiment, you're going to share your experimental results with some friends and say, hey, I just did this experiment. Can you try this too and tell me what results you get? because you want it to work for everyone. A science experiment can't just work for one person. There was a famous one where they, um, people thought that they uh, created a medium where light traveled, uh, with, where particles traveled faster than the speed of light, and, but it only worked for them. <laughs> and it turned out to be an instrument error. So when other people got really excited about this, they're like, wow, you got things to go faster than the speed of light, let me try it. They tried it and they're like, no, didn't work. No, didn't work. And so you wanna make sure that this is repeatable. Okay, second good tip, remove yourself from it. Oh, what that was my tip. <laughs> remove yourself from it. Um, you want to repeat your good results. Remove yourself by asking friends. Third good tip, end with recommendations. Um, it's not a requirement. Always have three, four, five different recommendations. If I had more time, I would also test this. I would also test this. I would um, change the time that I would eat uh, during it. Or I would have a reward at the end, something like that. Okay, so if you can produce consistent results, results that are based on scientific research and data, then that is going to get you even closer to the winner's circle of your science fair um, that you have. Okay, where do things go wrong? You ready for this one? <laughs> so where do people go wrong? Well, initially we covered this already. People have their expectations about what an award-winning science fair project is or is not. And a science fair project is not you discovering like the cure for cancer. That is not a science fair project. Um, you don't have to discover a new species, as I mentioned, of octopus or an addition to the space station. That is not a science fair project. Uh, science fair project is something that's real, it's something that's yours, something that's unique in that it's a question that you have, you're doing an experiment and you're getting back the answer. That's all it is. It doesn't have to be glamorous. It just has to be real science. Those are the ones that win. Um, okay. 
and other places where things go wrong. I wrote a couple of notes here. Um, oh, so uh, thinking that you've tried everything. That was the other place things go wrong. Because they're like, I did it already. I tried everything. It's like, well, if you tried everything, you would have the result you're looking for. So chances are you haven't. So let's get back in the ring. And this may mean you take a break for ice cream and walk around the block and then come back and say, okay, what did I miss? You know, what am I not seeing here? So that's another um, tip to keep yourself sane while you do science. Because sometimes you set, you spend all this time thinking up fantastic ideas and you're really excited about them. And then you do this experiment and it doesn't work. And you're like, no! <laughs> Why? Anybody else have this experience? Usually for me, it's in front of large groups of people. You know, and I've done it over and over and over again in the lab, but I've never done it on stage. So I don't actually practice on stage because I'm running short of time. And so I'll do it on stage in front of like 4,000 people. And it doesn't work. <laughs> I'm like, oh! <laughs> so there's this scientific principle called doesn't work the first time, especially in front of large groups of people. Um, so <laughs> anyway, so the best way to handle that is to just get curious. And you're like, well, the universe is working the way it should. I may not be, my expectations about what should happen are obviously not a match. And I just have to get curious about, well, what is that? You know, what's, what's going on? What don't I see? Okay, so I hope this has been helpful. So again, if you like this and you want more step-by-step, -step, you want complete instructions for your kid to win an absolute, um, or to win an, oh, to do an award-winning science fair project and quite possibly win, I actually have eight science fair projects already created and they've got the step-by-step -step instructions. They've got um, the material list, how to do the labs, um, what to change. Um, all the lab worksheets are on there, including details for setting up your board as well, uh, your display board, as well as doing the oral presentation and what judges are looking for. I have eight different projects. One of them is a linear accelerator. It uses magnets. Um, another one, it's... Um uh, is an underwater remote controlled vehicle. There are rocket projects, there's um, how to get electricity out of vegetables, and there's a ton more, how to measure the speed of light using a bar of chocolate. So if you're interested in those, it's got complete step-by-step -step instructions. Kids that just follow the directions and do exactly as it says, they don't try to improve it, they don't try to make it better, they actually just do what works. Um, are the ones that we hear back from with pictures and they've got them, um, their board all made and their experiment and then they've got their blue ribbon in their hands and they're so proud and excited. Um, you can get that at www.superchargedscience.com slash easy. Like, wow, that was so easy. It's in my online science curriculum. I have an online school and so that's included in there. So you can take a look at that. I hope this has been helpful. I hope you guys have a wonderful weekend and I will see you in the next time we do a Facebook Live. Thanks so much, everybody.